This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Well, marketing and fundraising together form a key engine for your nonprofit. There is no controversy about that. However, where it becomes controversial for some is how much money do you invest in marketing and fundraising before it becomes too much for donors? Well, last year I saw the film by Dan Plata entitled Uncharitable. In the film, he talks about this very issue. In fact, in the film, the organization Wounded Warrior Project is mentioned. Well, today I have the opportunity to speak with Vilma Consuegra, and she's Wounded Warrior's Chief Marketing and Communications Officer. We will talk all about marketing, communication, and fundraising, and how to find that healthy balance between a robust marketing department while remaining good stewards of your budget. Enjoy today's show. This podcast is sponsored by DonorBox. DonorBox, helping you help others with the best donation forms in the business. Well, welcome to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast Show. Today, I'm excited to have on the show Vilma Consuegra. Vilma, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Rob. So appreciated. Your your podcast is so great, bringing such value to the voices of our industry. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to talk about, specifically, we're going to talk about marketing and communications, but also dive a bit deeper into your work at Wounded Warrior Project. There's a lot going on at your organization, and you do a lot. lot, Of course, that's your focus area is the marketing and communication piece. So maybe talk a bit about your role and how long you've been at WWP. For sure. So yeah, I came uh, to WWP or Wounded Warrior Project, as, as, the, as everyone else refers to it, um, about three years ago. And I've spent my career working in a variety of industries, uh, including nonprofit, healthcare, and for-profit. And I, I spent a lot of time in the for-profit space with consumer packaged goods company. And it was there that, that I learned about the Wounded Warrior Project because I had the opportunity of working with Wounded Warrior on a national cost marketing campaign. And that experience really taught me firsthand the impact that the Wounded Warrior mission has on veterans' lives. So, so my, my purpose here is, is, really, is really twofold. As a child of immigrants, you know, I, I learned early on not to take freedom for granted. And, and I'm really I'm humbled and I'm grateful for the sacrifices that all of our veterans and their families have made. Second, a part of what really drives me is always leaving something better than I found it. So when Wounded Warrior called in 2020 and, and shared their desire to really advance its communications function, I listened and three years later, I couldn't be more pleased with my decision. Well, I know they're really happy to have you there. I've heard many good comments before we had you on the show. So you've done a great job. You've left an impact already. And marketing, and it's good we're talking about this because it's so critical for nonprofits. In fact, I feel like when you combine marketing with fundraising, I mean, this in many ways is the engine that runs nonprofits. Obviously, the mission is the number one thing. But outside of that, to keep 
fulfilling that mission, you would have to have good marketing that really fuels good fundraising to support any nonprofit. So what's your approach at marketing and how do you integrate marketing into your overall mission at Wounded Warrior Project? Sure. So, so marketing and comms, you know, as, as we all know, it are critical to an organization. But what I really like to do is I like to keep our approach simple. And it's really all about delivering what I, what I consider to be relevant, timely, and innovative solutions that can help us connect and serve and empower our wounded warriors. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a simple approach, but one that can take many, many different varieties as you approach your day. So every day is different. And that's, that's really what I think has kept me in marketing and comms all of these years. While the purpose of the approach may be the same, the execution day-to-day can truly vary and uh, it can have any number of impacts as you're, as you're facing different business, business needs. Definitely. And you know, as you think about the biggest barriers to effective marketing for nonprofits, what have you found those to be at your work there? And then maybe even to carry over from your experience before going to WWP. Yeah. What are those barriers that you feel like most nonprofits bump into? And then how have you overcome them? Yeah, those, those challenges and barriers, I, I would think that they're, they're similar to what other organizations are facing today. There's, there's three that really stand out to me. You know, like many organizations, Wounded Warrior Project has a very broad audience. We have veterans, we have advocates of the organization and its work, we have donors, and our audiences cover a really broad spectrum. And they also vary in how they consume information. So that, that's one, that's one challenge that we face. The other one I would say, like many other organizations, is the proliferation of media and stakeholder attention spans, right? They're changing by the day. So what works today may not work tomorrow. And keeping up to date is, is really critical. A third one that I think we face, more specific to, to our organization, is we provide free direct programming to veterans and their support members, family members. And those programs vary, vary a great deal. You know, we have anything from connection programs to physical health and wellness programs to mental health services, financial education, workplace readiness. And, you know, with, with a variety and breadth of programming that large, ensuring that our message remains clear, concise, and relevant is, is critical. It's, it's an important part of what we do every day. You know, that's excellent. And I do think this is a great case study, if you want to call it that, of just the work you've done there at WWP. Let's talk about how much a nonprofit should invest in good marketing. The reason I'm kind of setting up this way is I know there's been a bit of controversy around the investment of marketing. In fact, just recently, there's been a movie out about the investment that nonprofits give into marketing and your organization is mentioned in the video. And you know, it, it, it comes down to if you're going to accomplish great things and really accomplish a great mission, it's going to take a lot of money and you got to get the word out about this, I think. But for a growing number of nonprofit leaders, I think it's been clearly evident that for some reason, nonprofits are just not willing to invest in that because a lot of donors feel like, hey, well, we don't want you to invest all these dollars into marketing or into your staffing even. We just want you to, you know, kind of run on a shoestring budget, but they still have these expectations to do really, really big things and accomplish great goals. I know that's been something you've really wrestled through of what is that right balance? Of course, nobody wants a nonprofit to spend way too much money on marketing and other things, but you do need to invest. And I've found marketing and fundraising often are the things that feed your organization in terms of, again, expansion of 
donor base, expansion of the word so people find out more about what you do. So all that to say, what is that healthy balance between healthy marketing budget specifically and mission accomplished? What have you found there at your work at Wounded Warrior? I would really argue that all marketing and comms professionals, regardless of their industry, have to operate under some sort of budget constraint. We all have constraints that we have to we all have to live within. And and here at Wounded Warrior, we work tremendously hard to be good stewards of the donations that we receive, you know, from the generosity of the American public. And and we know we know how those donations are helping to change and save lives. So. So the dollars that we put toward marketing and communications activities are increasing the awareness about the work that we're doing. And we know how critical that work is given the, you know, some of the stats of veteran need that we, that we approach every day. So for us in marketing and comms, that really means making smart choices, how we use those dollars for maximum return. And one of the things that we really work with our team on is making sure that we have a clear objective in mind of how we're going to be spending those dollars and what our audience segmentation looks like for those dollars, what our call to actions are for those dollars, and how we're going to measure the return on those dollars. So it's very important that you're, again, being a good steward of the money, but also ensuring that you have a real, very clear objective in mind and how it's going to be spent and the return that you're going to get for that. But we have to really consider awareness as a part of our, a part of what we do from a marketing perspective, because the need is great and the need is growing. And that's how we're going to connect with our veteran population. Now, well said, and I would agree with you and everything I've seen, that's exactly what you're doing. You're doing it effectively. And so in your work uh, with communication there at WWP, effective communication is clearly a critical skill that I believe that leaders need to really develop. So whether you're an executive director or CEO of a nonprofit or in your role with marketing or development, I do think effective communication really is critical that you develop that, hone that, improve that. That doesn't mean you have to be the most extroverted or highest energy person on the team, but it does mean you have to be able to clearly communicate to others on the team. So what are the most essential aspects in your mind when it comes to effective communication in your opinion? I get this question a lot. It's a great question because you know I, I, I love to talk about it. I'm kind of passionate on it, but For me, it comes down to listening and clarity. I think that that's really what effective communication comes down to. But, you know, you really have to understand what the other person is expressing or what they're asking or or simply sharing with you. And a critical component of that for me is empathy. You really have to really understand what, where is the other person coming from? What is their point of view? And that takes a little bit of slowing down. And we're all moving so fast nowadays that you know, to really slow down and look at things, look at things from somebody else's point of view is it's not easy. So to me, that's that's priority one, listening and listening with empathy. And then I would argue the other piece is clarity. Clear and concise language is, is really key. We're all moving again so fast that it's it's getting harder to organize our thoughts. And that can make a world of difference in communication. I mean, I, we really work with our team and strive to instill some of these skills across both the marketing team and the communications team because, you know, their functional areas are very different in what they do. And while all of them are subject matter experts in their own right, they need to come together and really understand what the other is doing for our integrated collective efforts to be successful. 
I like that. So listening with empathy and clarity. You found those are really two of those most critical parts of communication. Absolutely. While our work may vary, if we really understand and listen to one another and are clear in terms of our expectations, it'll just help propel the mission forward that much more. We'll be right back. Are you looking for an easy and effective way to boost your nonprofit's donations? Look no further than DonorBox, the online fundraising platform that streamlines your fundraising efforts, maximizes donations, and simplifies giving for your supporters. With DonorBox, you can create beautiful donation forms, accept digital wallet payments, track donations, and send auto receipts. And the best part? There are no setup or monthly fees and no long-term contracts required. So what are you waiting for? Visit DonorBox.org today to get started. That is DonorBox.org. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. I wanted to let you know that I've recently become a professionally certified coach. With my nearly 30 years of nonprofit experience, I know firsthand how hard leaders work. I also know how important it is to have someone you can call on to get help with the barriers and leadership challenges you will face both professionally and personally. I really want people to thrive and become all they were meant to become by providing coaching and consulting services. If coaching is something you've always been interested in, but weren't quite sure what it was all about, I encourage you to reach out. You can go to my website, robharder.com, or just email me at rob at robharder.com. I would be happy to provide a free sample coaching session so you can determine if coaching is for you. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Another topic I want to go into, because it's such a hot topic, everyone's talking about it, I've had multiple people on the show talk about it, is AI. You know, AI is a topic that we truly are uh, trying to get our hands around, I think, on every sector, but definitely in the nonprofit sector as well. And this is really worthy of an entire episode by itself, just about AI and how do you use the proper amount of AI applications, for example, for your nonprofit. Now, I just thought I'd ask you a few questions about AI and your work at WWP. Number one, do you use AI? And if so, what do you use those applications for? How are you using it? And if not, is there a philosophical reason perhaps you don't use AI? So I thought let's explore that critical topic right now. Sure. You know, you recently had an episode with Justin from Microsoft on AI, and I thought it was a really interesting conversation, and I thought he made some really great points. You know, we, we are, I would say that we are more of a, we're, we're slowly getting into, into AI and seeing how it can be a part of the work that we're doing. You know, innovation is one of our core values at Wounded Warrior Project. So we're always, we're always seeking to see how we could do our work better faster and more cost effectively. But that's, you know, that's just how how we operate as an organization. But I, I do think it's important for organizations to understand the risks and the rewards of using AI. You know, that's that's an important piece. And we're we're uh, creating an acceptable use policy that's going to outline how we will use it and how we won't use it to make sure that we're protecting our systems and all of our information that we have within the organization. In marketing and communications today, we are employing what, what I would consider to be a limited use of AI to expedite some of our writing tasks that are more associated with repeatable work. So things like templates, things like forms, things like generic descriptions or prompts, those are the types of things that we're using it for today. 
No, good to know. And, and so, yeah, do you envision as you continue to perhaps expand the use of AI, and this maybe not just for WWP, but just in general with nonprofit sector and, and other organizations, do you envision AI over time taking over staff positions at nonprofit organizations? Dale, I do not. I think that, you know, humans humans bring the emotional and the empathetic side to things that that today AI cannot replicate. So, I, I really look at AI as a tool and we are, we as the humans are still the professionals that are implementing that tool. I look at it as a, as a kind of a helpful complement, you know, something that can help us do our day-to-day work faster and help us to be more productive. You know, if you think about the nonprofit space where individuals a lot of the time are wearing a lot of hats, you know, this is definitely a tool that can help us enhance our workflows. It can help us be more efficient. And then it can help us, overall, it can help our organizations be more productive with our mission. So I, I do think it's a nice compliment. I don't see it um, taking over the, the human role that, uh, that our teammates bring in. Okay. All right. Good to know. Okay. Now let's talk about successes when it comes to marketing and what you've done there at uh, Wounded Warrior Project. What are some of your biggest successes as you look back? And what's an example perhaps or two that you can share with the rest of us and my listeners specifically of how they can implement some of those key things that were so successful on your end that they could apply it to their organization? You know, when I joined Wounded Warrior Project, one of the things that really stood out for me was the power of storytelling. And how storytelling has been such such a pivotal part of our ability to generate awareness, engagement, and understanding of the mission and what we do. So, I, I would say one of our big, biggest successes has been around storytelling. You know, the warriors and the family support members that we serve are all just amazing. They are resilient, and any time that we have an opportunity to share a story of how one of them has overcome a challenge. It's, it's a huge success for us. We right now are celebrating our 20th year. So Wounded Warrior Project was founded in 2003. So we're kind of, you know, bridging the gap a little bit into 2024 with our 20th anniversary. And uh, the marketing and comms teams re- recently implemented a brand awareness campaign for our 20th. And the stories that we've been able to share as a part of that campaign are just incredible. And, and really, I think, bring to life what Wounded Warrior Project is all about and it, how it can really help empower our wounded, ill, and injured veterans. Well, I have gone to your website and I've seen a lot of the stories. There's no doubt you're providing a critical resource and some critical services to our veteran community. Now, at the same time, some of my audience may remember when the Wounded Warrior Project got some bad news and was criticized for how you were spending money on marketing and staffing expenses. In fact, the film I mentioned before, Uncharitable, mentions this in the film, how you were criticized for that. So I'm just curious to get your side of this story. How has Wounded Warrior Project come out of that experience? And what are your biggest challenges moving forward. You know, it's interesting that you that you bring this up because even though the allegations of, of lavish spending were found were were proven to be unfounded, the the old news is still out there. And I and I and what bothers me the most is that that we know that our programs help prevent veteran suicide, you know, they build resilience and they put wounded war, wounded warriors on a path of hope, but but I think to me, the, the, more, the more sad part about this is that for some veterans, 
they're reluctant to ask us for support because of some of the lingering concerns that they have from 2016 and some of the news out of 2015. So when we see that you have one in four warriors, as, as they told us in our last annual warrior survey, who are having suicidal thoughts in the past two weeks, for me, I think we can all agree that the high rate of need amongst veterans is real and it's there. And anything that inhibits them from getting that care and support is, is just concerning. So for us, we're focused on the mission. You know, we're focused on how can we help wounded and injured veterans and really help them to get to a, to a space of quality of life and a, and a space of, of hope. So that, that's what we're focused on. Okay. Now, as you think about the work you're doing with veterans around the country, what are some of the most exciting opportunities that you are looking forward to, say, in the next three years or even beyond? Yeah, you know, it's a good time to look at that. As we've been, you know, Wounded Warriors been around now for, for 20 years, we've been able to see how the needs of our warriors and our veterans has continued to grow and evolve. And it's going to continue to do so, especially as they age. So, so now as we're looking at a veteran's quality of life, you know, we're looking at the physical, we're looking at the mental, we're looking at the financial, the social connection and the spiritual pieces. They all play a role in, in determining that warrior's ability to really participate and, and enjoy life. So, so with that, I'd say we're most excited about really seeking to understand how we can support warriors and their families and provide them with a, with a real comprehensive approach that looks at their overall quality of life. They change as you age. So looking at that overall approach is important. And, and the need is great and growing. I mean, we have more than 71 veterans a day that are signing up for free programs and services. And, and our estimates are sharing that there's another 1.6 million that need our support. So need is there. The mission is growing. And, you know, we're going to continue making sure that America's injured veterans and their families, because we, we support both, have, are empowered, employed, and, and engaged. So I think that's, that's really for us what we're focused on going forward. Well, again, thank you so much for all you're doing. You're doing really, really good work. For my listeners who maybe want to connect with you, Vilma, or connect and learn a little bit more about Wounded Warrior Project, where would you send them? Sure. You know, you mentioned the website. So I would say that's a great place to start, woundedwarriorproject.org for more information about our programs and services. And you can also learn a lot about us through all of the major social platforms. And and then as it relates to me, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active at times there. So that's, that's the best place to find. Well, Vilma, thanks again for joining us on the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. I know you're really busy, but you're doing great work to really serve our veterans community well. So thanks for all that you're doing and thanks for sharing your insights today. Appreciate appreciate the opportunity, Rob. Thank you. Hey, friends. Well, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to other podcasts. I also want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. This will actually help us get this great content out to more nonprofit leaders just like you. You can also join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community, find other resources and interviews of past guests all on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Well, thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better. This podcast is sponsored by DonorBox. DonorBox helping you help others with the best donation forms in the business.